right, welcome back to a special edition of Long Island's number one pro wrestling broadcast, Monty and the Farrow, only seen here out of Indie Music Studios, straight out of Ronkonkoma, Long Island. Abe, another Thursday. Another Thursday. What's going on, brother? Uh, another Thursday in the cold. In the cold. <laughs> it's cold in here, bro. It gets I, colder by the day. I'm surprised you took your hat off, man. Honestly, you know, that's insane. Well, <laughs> I did it. I did it for my special guest, who's here, uh, the wonderful Missy Beefcake. Missy, thank you for joining me today. Hi. How are you? I'm so excited to be here. And remember, bald is beautiful. Thank you so. M- See what a nice person she is, Abe. Right? She has nothing but compliments. She could have called me fat. She could have called me ugly, but she says bald. It's beautiful. Uh, <laughs> Missy, seriously, thank you so much for joining me. How's the weather in uh, sunny Florida? It's really, really nice. It's a little overcast, but I'm out in a tank top, so I can't and, complain. And we were talking earlier. You're going to take is the, is the cruise next week you're taking, the Jericho cruise? When is that? Yes, uh, it's Friday. It's next Friday. We're doing uh, Boca Raton Championship Wrestling, Cruising for Bruising, number two. Um, and then we hit the uh, Jericho Cruise. So we're really excited. That's nice. Now, how now? How long are you guys on the boat for? Uh, well, I think we come back Tuesday. That's not bad. Like, That's see you bad. next Tuesday. <laughs> there you Whoa. Yeah, well, we know all about that. We'll get into that in a little bit, it's, right? It's the topic. <laughs> you are too funny. Really, but what's it like on the Jericho Cruise? All the fans, like, all crazy. They can't wait to see you guys. Like, what's it? How, how is it? What's the vibe? It's really, really nice. There are so many fans. Um... Chris Jericho does an amazing job, I have to say, with the entertainment. There's music, like, constantly. Wherever you go, music, Fozzie plays, Quarantine plays. Um, I think they're having, like, a girl Van Halen um, situation. Um, But everywhere you go, the fans are there. They want to meet you. And everybody's really, really respectful um, and just good good i gotta tell you that jericho is pretty smart man get you know glomming that whole cruise deal you know he's gonna be making money off that thing for the for the rest of his life i think at this point right and and god bless him because you know i mean he's more than chris jericho he's got he's got two bands that are amaze balls um he's a super talent you know what kind of music do you I like listen? it what kind of music do you listen to I'm a Frank Sinatra slut. Um, I love Tom Jones. You know, anything stupid and romantic, I am, I'm down for. I love, I love Sinatra. Tom Jones is pretty cool oh. too. Yeah, he was. He was. <laughs> Frankie Valley. Frankie I'm, a, I'm an old soul. There's nothing wrong with that. All right, so before we get into it, Missy, I want to hit you with some news items. I want you to weigh in, so I'm going to read a a news article and tell me what you think. Cynthia Kelly, 18, of Hillsborough County, Florida. Is that anywhere near you, Hillsborough? Yeah. 
All right. Well, maybe you know Cynthia then. Has sued the Hershey Company for $5 million because the Reese's peanut butter pumpkins she bought in October did not have a jack-o'-lantern face on them as shown on the packaging. What are your thoughts about that? They may have melted, but I remember... I remember one time the Neko company in Massachusetts, they had this thing called a sky bar and it was four individual candies. It was like a marshmallow, a peanut butter, a caramel and a fudge. Right. Yeah. So I opened my sky bar. It's dark in my room. I'm on the phone with my boyfriend, whatever. For whatever reason, I turn on the light and there is a maggot. Tiny little maggot burrowing its way out of the peanut butter portion of my sky bar now that's a complaint that's something to sue for i called they sent me they sent me a box of sky bars this is way back when but i was like all right you remember back in the day like that you could write a company and then they would make it right by sending you a case or something Yes, I do. I remember my father back when I was younger was drinking like a can of butter, and I guess it was like spoiled. Skunky. Yeah, skunky. skunky. That's that's the right word. And yeah. I remember he wrote Budweiser, and I think they sent him like four cases of beer. Wow. That's good. That's the, Hey, I would take that. That's good service, right? They didn't send him a Clydesdale. That would have been nice. But let me ask you this. this. This person suing for this $5 million, if she loses, don't you think she should have some kind of uh, payment back to the courts, to the courts for this misrepresentation? She should have to pay for the attorney's fees um, for the Reese's Peanut Butter Hershey's people that had to... It, it won't go to court. They'll write a letter. It'll It'll settle. She'll settle for, you know... A bag of Hershey's Kisses. There you go. I'm gonna I'm gonna ask you a real serious question though. On in today's world, right? Everybody's got to be very careful of what they say or yes. how they act towards someone. And um, as a male, it seems to be much more difficult to maneuver yourself around, right? Because you don't want to upset someone the wrong way before they call you out for something. Do you feel that has gotten out of control? I think that it is too much name blaming, too much. Uh, I don't like the whole he, her, she, his thing that's going on now. Um, and I believe that you you are what you are. You're born how you're born. But I don't think that anybody should go banging any drums and screaming it at the top of the rooftops. Um, I, I think that there's a door on the bedroom for a reason. And whatever you do is fine by me. I don't really care. Love it. News article number two. Hulk Hogan used a ballpoint pen to save a teenager in a near-fatal car crash. A teenage girl. What's no, no, no. Go ahead. Here's the thing. First of all, 
they said that he had a knife in his car and this Marine guy who's, I'm not even going to say it, but so this hot Marine that was out with him and his wife, they saw a car accident. To me, it was like, the girl is probably like, oh my God, that's Hulk Hogan. Oh my God, Hulk Hogan's behind me. Hulk Hogan's behind me. And then realized she was missing her exit, swerved off the side of the road. The Marine sprung into action and popped her airbag and the Hulkster, you know, got out of the car with his cane or whatever it is that he uses. And, and he was there. Now, I think that they're taking away from the actual hero of the story, who is this United States Marine who had the wherewithal. First of all, I probably would have kept going. I mean, to be honest with you, like, oh Odyssey's, my God, that, Odyssey's what, good. Did you see that? Whatever. But um, they're taking away from the real hero of the story, which is the Marine. So do you, th do you think Hulk should have said to TMZ, hey, hey, brother, it was the Marine who saved that girl, not me? A hundred percent. A hundred percent. Instead of his wife, Melanie, um, you know, tweeting out or on Instagram or whatever. I'm so proud of my husband, Hulk Hogan, for like aiding. What did he aid? He aided the Marine. He pulled over. The Marine was probably like, stop! You know, it's not a Hogan situation. It's a, you know, United States Marine. It's, it's a, it's a, and not even United States Marine. It's a good Samaritan who I said, let me, let's stop. Let's help this person. But you got to give, I guess you got to give Hogan a little bit of credit, right? You're saying the girl's looking in her rear view mirror. She goes, oh my God, it's Hulk Hogan. And she drives off the road. She's yeah. still got yeah. that kind of power, right? He can have women drive off the road for him. Yeah. Yeah, well, it's a good thing he had his bandana on because otherwise it would have been like, who's that granddaddy behind me? <laughs> That's Wow. Hey, Missy. We're going to get into a little more Hulk Hogan in a minute. But first, I want to thank the band that sings the theme song for Monty and the Farrow, own Jimmy Farrow, along with his partner, Bart Griggs, make up the band Wisteria Hall. Wisteria Hall sings such great songs as In My Dreams, This Life, Not Far Behind, Here Comes the Rain. You can find their music on the Wisteria Hall YouTube page, where you hit that like and subscribe. Go to Spotify, Apple Music, or Reverb Nation. If you didn't know it, you are watching Long Island's number one pro wrestling broadcast, Monty and the Farrow. Catch us on the Monty and the Farrow YouTube page, Monty and the Farrow Facebook Live page. Here's on High Art Radio, Spotify, Anchor, Twitch TV. And if you're lucky enough to live in New York, you'll catch the great Missy Beefcake in the reduced cable version on Channel 115 every Tuesday at 9.30 and Saturday at 11.30 a.m. And Channel 20 at... 7 p.m. And if that's not Super enough, cool. and if you're not sick enough of Monty Nefaro, we're also on the Intuitive Network. That's I-N-2-I-T-I-V-E Network. It's a mini Netflix. They've got documentaries. They've got movies. They've got comedy. They've got everything. And more importantly, they've got Monty and Nefaro. We'll be right back with someone I'm really digging, the great Missy Beefcake. Be back in a minute.
Ah. Manscaped. Uh-huh. Uh, you know, have you tried the new equipment that's been sent? I'm afraid because it says weed whacker. <laughs> I'm scared. Maven, Manscaped. What are you thinking about Manscaped, dude? Love it. it. What do you use it for? Necessity. <laughs> what don't I use it for? Put it this way. <laughs> the only hair <laughs> I have on my entire body is these eyebrows. Yeah. That oh. you see. These wow. caterpillars racing to the middle of my nose. That's it. That is it. That's all, that's all I have. And that's all I want. That's the so pay- Manscaped there, is you, a must. We were talking before the show. There's nothing worse than just hair. Yeah. Right? Hair on a woman, hair on a man. It's just bad. Absolutely. And it's the one thing that the older I get, it starts growing more in unwanted areas. Absolutely. I hate it. I'm going to ask you a question. Uh-oh. Just going to go out there. Oh, boy. Go for it. You're doing a deed. Yes. Again, I don't want you to have to admit this because we, as men, we try not to admit this. But if you're going to oh, go do I the deed he, on a woman, I know would you rather have her be hairless or a little hair, racing stripe, or <laughs> racing stripe. full retro bush? <laughs> racing well, stripe. Retro bush is out. Yes, thank you. Retro bush is out. Yeah. Um, I don't mind a small, well-manicured landing strip. <laughs> Every now and then, if it's completely, and I'm talking like baby's ass bald mm. then i i start where, where is that pedophilia line that yeah. i'm that i'm i don't, I don't wow. want to wander into that I that's very interesting like that. i never thought about wow. it you're a smart dude Holy yeah. shit. so if the landing strip is clean enough for the plane to go in smoothly you're cool with that if the landing strip is has like i said well manicured yeah. you yeah. can see both sides it's not like blinking lights on both sides of that plane? i just don't i don't want <laughs> you know i don't want the shrubbery going off into yeah. Unwanted areas on that gotcha. as well. Gotcha. Oh, yeah, look what you found. Ooh. I got to be all honest, gotcha. though. Hey, the, ah. the, the older I get, though, I don't, I think, I don't think I can be as... Uh, <laughs> I as, found as, it! Have, I found have it! Have you ever gone down there, like, just like you, she slowly brings down the underwear, then... What is Retro. Just Absolutely. Retro? You're like, whoa. Wow. Yeah, like, like it pops out? Do you, like, walk out, or what do you do? No, I, tr- I muster through. I muster up the <laughs> curve. He's a trooper. He's a trooper. Yeah. <laughs> Gotta give him an yeah, uh, not, all, not all heroes wear capes. Yeah, I, there you no, go. I hear you. Uh, <laughs> listen, can't, I couldn't. I Super couldn't Bush. Say, I couldn't say. It. Well, <laughs> if you have the same beliefs as Maven does, Manscaped could help you. Absolutely, the weed whacker. Absolutely. What are you thinking? I'm thinking that I may have to, like, you know, go in a room, close the door, and hang out with the weed whacker for a little while. Yeah, I think you're a retro guy, aren't you? I like 70s adult films, if that's what you're getting at. Yeah, there you go. Yeah, but with that, we're going to take a quick Batman. commercial break and anyway. be back with this wrestling icon, Maven. We will see you in a drop kick second. A drop. All right, welcome back to Long Island's number one pro wrestling broadcast, where we have the honor of having the great Missy Beefcake. Missy, welcome again. By the way, Joe... I want to talk about this manscaping thing. What do you want to talk about? Well, I mean, all you were talking about was, like, chickscaping. So if we want to talk about manscaping... You know, really, nobody likes hairy balls. Um, it's true. And I'd like to know how many pussies that guy walked away from that weren't 70s looking. Like, how much pussy has this guy had that he can refuse an unkempt puss? That's, that's what I want to know. You know, Missy, that's a really great point. I don't think... Well... I'm just speaking for myself, okay? I shouldn't be turning away anything, but retro is kind of, 
I don't know. It's just not my thing. Is, is that wrong power to say? Muff. What? It's a power muff. A power muff? Yes. That's what they call that. That's what they call them. Because if you can rock that and get laid, you're a superstar. <laughs> yeah, but you're like... <laughs> you're like... You know what I mean? No, I hear you. Well, let me ask you this. Let's be fair. A man. Yeah. Would you yeah. rather a man be trimmed down like a baby or have a a bush like the Maha, you know, the, the, the African jungle? Yeah. I, I think if there's hair on the field, it's okay to play. Wow. Yeah, but all right. I don't want to get too grabby. I don't want to be pulling anything on my teeth. Well, that's what I'm trying to say. You get like stuff yeah. in your teeth. But does it fall out like that? Does it really come out like that? Like in people that people that talk and say stupid stuff like that. Like I'm like, how you know much what? have you really had? I've never gone down on a man, so I can't answer that question. But I will tell you, on the other end, um. I, yeah, I don't think yeah, I really ever had a hair fall into my throat yeah. or anything like that. Yeah, you're yeah. right. Yeah. You're right. Yeah, I mean, it's God created the perfect specimen. God created Adam. God created Eve. You know, Eve made Adam eat the apple. She didn't make him eat her a pussy right. and ruin the fucking world. All right. But Okay, I don't mean to shame anybody out there, but like when I'm at the gym, like I see a woman with hairy legs. I'm not digging that though. Oh, oh no, 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 no. But it's the gym. So I go to the gym to work out and to look good. I don't worry about my armpits. I don't worry about sweaty tits. I don't right. worry about any of that stuff. I just want to look good. Not to mention, I'm showing up with Brutus Beefcake, so right, all the heat is off me. It's all on him. Nobody cares about me. <laughs> all about him. That's not fair. That's just not right. It's okay. I By the way, say, you know, Joe Lowry says he went to high school with you at North Quincy High. He graduated in 87. That's what he said. Come on! Who is this? Where is he? He's, um, he's one of our hosts on one of our other shows. Did you do you remember that I name? He says you were about a year younger than him, I think, if that's what he says. I dated Keith Smith. Does he remember Smitty? I don't know. He'll have to respond on the chat. But oh, while we're talking <laughs> while we're talking about that, I want to know more about you before we get into some subjects. Where did you grow up? Um, I was born in Jamaica Plain as a young girl. I was born at St. Elizabeth's Hospital. Not that I want everybody to take my identity, but so I was born in Jamaica Plain um, and I lived in the inner city until uh, I was about 12. And then I moved to Quincy, Massachusetts, which was a culture shock for me because um, in Jamaica Plain, there were, you know, cars blowing up in the parking lot, swear to God, Bible. Um, the ATF was coming in, taking, like, guns out of people's apartments. Like, it was all sorts of, like, fun stuff. Um, and then I moved to Quincy, and I couldn't sleep. There was no noise. There was no action. Um, nothing, really. 
um, and yeah, and I went to Quincy Point Middle School. I went to Central. I had to transfer because girls were jealous and wanted to beat me up. Well, that's because they asked um, you, right? Good-looking girl like that. It must have been rough in high school, right? Yeah. Well, all the boys liked me, you know, obviously, but I, you know, I have, a, I had a particular type. I liked, um, like, uh, Spanish kind of looking guy because I grew up in Jamaica Plain. Mm -hmm. um, I'm Portuguese. There weren't a lot of like Spanish guys. There was one guy, Paulson Queenie, um, at uh, Quincy Point. He was Italian, but he was like dark haired, like just handsome. Um, and then, um, but he was older. He was older than I was. So I didn't get to date him until I wasn't going to point. Um, and then I went to Central, which was really nice. And again, culture shock-ish because everybody was just nice. You know, there's no fighting, no, none of that stuff in the schoolyard. Um, so, yeah, I mean, I, my, and I had my sister. So it's just my sister and I. She's uh, six years younger than I. Um and my mom, I you know, I grew up without my dad. Um, my father was a uh, Boston police officer. Like in, he was a detective, or whatever you want to call him. But here's a funny story about my dad, if I have time. You have plenty so of time. fast forward, right? So I'm doing like online dating or whatever. I meet this guy. He's uh, he has like this alcohol company right up my alley right <laughs> so um we go out on a date he tells me that he used to own fred piotts at faneuil hall which i used to go to underage with my big id so he was telling me about how the cops used to shake them down and like they they would come and they would get money every like week or whatever and he's talking about this police officer that used to come and get money from him every week. And I'm like, oh, my God, that's my dad. Like, how nice. weird is that? Yeah, so, nice, right? So your, dad, your dad was shaking down people for money. He was a dirty cop. Not and he bad. got booted off of the police department. Well. He did. He got, like, fired from the police department. I think they gave him his pension or whatever because he did take down a bunch of, like, his friends. Right. You know, essentially. But, uh, yeah, like, crazy. That's a cool story. So yeah. you're involved with, like, professional wrestling. Obviously, you have a famous husband, Brutus Beefcake, Hall of Famer, WWE. Yes, 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 yes. Yeah, How did you get into pro wrestling? Like, when did you decide to like pro wrestling? You know, I was um, a young girl, and we would go to my mom's friend's house and on Sunday, we would have dinner on Sundays, and there was nothing on Sunday. She had two boys. We would watch wrestling, black and white TV, uh, Ivan Putski, Chief J. Strongbow. So I was always, I loved wrestling. Um, fast forward, this beefcake comes out. I'm watching TV. I see this honey, right? Fucking hunk come walking out the bow tie at like a vest and he was just kind of like walking around the ring i might have even been his debut and i was like that is the man for me that's it um my cousin francis and i 
you know, we used to watch wrestling, and Brutus Beefcake was at the Boston Garden. It was the first match I went to, um, and, um, hi, honey. So they would come out from behind this brown curtain, and they had to walk to the garage or whatever. He comes out, white towel, like, you know, sweat and whatever, after his match, and I run up to him, and I'm like, oh, my God, oh, my God, oh, my God. Like, I love you. And um, he kind of, he stopped in his tracks. He looked at me and he was like, oh, he's like, you love me? And I said, yes. And I ran away because, you know, I was a minor. What, what, what am I going to do? Run away? Yeah. No. So, so that was my first um, interaction with him. Um, then after that, um, like, I, um, I kissed Ted DiBiase's foot at Boston Garden. Um for $300, which was really exciting cool. for me, you know, being a, a young girl. Um, and people were like, oh, we want to get you into wrestling. What's your name? Let me have your phone number. I can help you. I can, you know, but again, you know, I'm like 17. I'm not, you know, and I got my mother saying, you're not going anywhere with wrestlers. <laughs> so, um, you know, so they were like little trips. My cousin Francis and I would take. I saw Brutus on an elevator one time in Atlantic City, and I was all excited. But again, I was a, a virgin, so I really didn't. I didn't know what to do. Really, like now, I would have been like, "Let me yeah. suck your dick. What do you want?" You know. <laughs> I get it. You so know that, what I mean? That yeah, no, absolutely. I you know, got to do what you got to do. <laughs> You got to hey, whip it out. <laughs> that's, that's it. That is all. So we both, we both got to be on the same episode of Dark Side of the Ring, the life yes. of Marty Jannetty. Um, I love him. Where did you meet Marty? Marty and I um, have kind of like a twisted kind of path. Um, I didn't meet him when I was younger. So I, I, I don't know anything of the younger days. I met him, um, on Facebook, actually my, um, now sister-in-law, then she was just my daughter's boyfriend's sister was interested in meeting Marty. She loved him pieces so i messaged him he was going to be in massachusetts and i was like hey um you know my wig my friend and i are going to come and see you would like to like meet you meet you you know what do you think and he was like yeah you know whatever you know marty right you know marty um marty thinks that he is responsible for brutus and i meeting and dating and getting together and all that stuff but that's not the truth marty marty does um, tell that story to many people he does he loves he's got a lot of stories and i love marty and if that's what he thinks then that's fine as long as he never says he had sex with me because that's not true and um, that would never be true much as i love him this does Marty have this habit of making up these stories? Is he bored or what's the, what's the deal? No, with that? I, don't, I think Marty is far from bored. I think that Marty has more stories than 
the Bible. And um, the majority of them are true. You can't make shit up except for introducing me and Brutus or being responsible for me and Brutus being together. You can't make shit up like Marty does. It's true. Do you I believe it. Do you think that story of in the at the bowling alley is really a true story or is that a Marty story? I think it's a true story. Really? I do. I do. Why? I text message with Marty. Um, and you know, Marty's always in a semi state of drunkenness. <laughs> right. Um, and, 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 and he was in it and he was like, listen, I was 14. You think I'm lying? Do I think he hit the guy in the head with a brick and threw him in the river? No, but I think there was a pedophile at the bowling alley. I think that for sure he tried to seduce Marty for weed. I don't think the guy's dead. If he's dead, he died of cancer, painful cancer, as a pedophile should. But I don't think that Marty killed yeah. anybody. That's a really smart comment, Missy, because you know what? Probably something did happen, and that's what Marty mm -hmm. wanted to happen yeah. With the brick and everything, but it didn't happen that way. So it's a really, yeah. really smart analysis. Thank you. We opened up with uh, your friend, your husband's friend, Hulk Hogan, saving someone's life, supposedly, um, yeah. which you shed some light on. What is Hogan's problem with you and what's happened between him and your husband? Well. Um, I've never really gone there. Um, I've actually, I've had some light shed on what might've happened. Um, and you know, Bruce and I came down here before we were married and we were looking for a place to live. Bruce and Terry, really good friends, talked every single day. Um, we came down the first day that we came down, I remember I was, I was really excited to meet Terry. Um, I didn't know Hulk Hogan and I didn't know that he was more Hulk Hogan than Terry because when Brutus and him talked on the phone, it was always Terry, 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 come down. You got to, yeah. And when we went to his house, he opened the door and he was bald headed. He didn't have his bandana on. And I thought, Wow. I I this I can't believe it. Like I'm meeting Brutus's best friend, Terry. Like, and I was excited. Um but um he slowly turned into Hulk Hogan. Um we were in the car, we went to Bubba's racetrack, um and we watched like one of those little racy matches and he had the bandana on, of course, whatever. But we were in the car and we were talking and, um, and Ronnie, I call him Ronnie, the redneck, um, Ron Howard, uh, was in the car and we were all talking. And I, I, I said, you know, I'm, I came here because I wanted to meet Brutus's friend, Terry. I'm, I'm really not interested in meeting Hulk Hogan. 
Um, and he said, there ain't no Hulk Hogan in this car. You know, like, burr, burr, burr. Right. And I was like, oh, you know, okay, whatever. His wife didn't come with us, Jennifer, who he we had been out with a couple times before Bubba's racetrack. She didn't come this night, um, which I thought was weird. You know, whatever. Um, the The next day was the day that we were leaving. And um, and we had been, like, working out with Terry every day. Like, you just come over to my house. We need to work out. You know, so we were, like, up early out working out at his house. We were at the Hogan's, um, Hogan's best house. Um, and Terry had said, we should all move into this house together. Right? Because we were moving. We should all move into this house together. Um, and the house was disheveled because Linda had taken, like, all sorts of stuff out of the house. Like, all sorts of, like, ceiling, whatever, and furniture. And she stripped, like, um, musical things out of the house. Like, surround sound, like, and ceiling fans. And they were trying to get all of that stuff back together. But... Um, so we were at Terry's house the day that we were leaving and Jennifer, he said, Jennifer wasn't feeling good. She was upstairs. She was sick, whatever. Um, and I got this feeling and I was like, something's changed. Like, this is not, it's not right. And I went in the bathroom and I was crying because I didn't understand like, what had changed? Like everything was so good and positive and, and I hate to use the word positive brother. brother. I hate that fucking word positive. Um, but everything was so good. And I was in the bathroom. I was crying. I come out of the bathroom and I said to, to Brutus, I said, we gotta leave. He was like, well, you know, our flight wasn't for like six hours. He was like, what do you mean? I'm like, we have to go. Um, so we told Terry we're going to leave. And Jennifer came downstairs. And she's like, oh, you're leaving? Whatever. And I was like, yeah. So Brutus called Greg Valentine. And he was like, hey, Missy and I have like six hours until our flight. And Greg is like, come on over. So we went to Greg's house. And we hung out at Greg's house. Um, I didn't, I had no idea what had gone so array. And we basically, we left Florida and the shit hit the fan with Brutus and, and Terry. It wasn't the same. There were no daily phone calls four, five, six times. It was crickets. It's crazy. And do you do you have any idea what that what went wrong? Well now I do. Um and I'm not gonna talk too much about it, but I'm gonna say that I posted a clip on my TikTok of Terry at like a Lakers game. I don't know what the hell. Some basketball game. And he's there and he's with Bubba and he's like, Bubba for life! Bubba for life! Like he's all messed up. Jennifer is there. For Bubba's wife, whatever the fuck her name is. Right. She's there. Um, and now I realize that the conversation that we had in the kitchen. I'm thinking Jennifer thought maybe 
that it would be like a Bubba revision because I, Terry told us that there was a sex tape uh-huh. and the sex tape was coming out, mm. but he didn't get into a hundred percent specifics. Now I realize, you know, seeing that it was Bubba's wife and Bubba. Um, and I think she probably thought, let me get away from this blonde bombshell, not to like toot my own horn, but let me get the fuck away from her. Who's Terry's best friend because I'm not having my husband fuck another wife. Right. That's so, the only thing I can think. You, so he knows the sex tape's coming out, but he's still hanging yeah. out with Bubba? No. No, but, no, no. He, okay. he had distanced himself. Oh, no, actually, yes, he was because we were at Bubba's racetrack. Wow. But he didn't know Bubba had anything to do with Oh, so, so it's pretty pretty new on that whole thing. It's I want to go back. Yeah. You, met, you mentioned Linda. How did yeah. your husband, and I think I have it right, and correct me if I'm wrong, but how did your husband handle the book where I believe she claimed that your husband and yeah. Hogan uh, engaged in homosexual activities? Okay. Well, here, let's let's go there. Um, so... Like, nowadays, it wouldn't shock me if there was, like, this big gay thing, right? But knowing my husband and knowing the depths of, like, pussy, I know it didn't happen. Um, And, but, so, there was the lawsuit. Hogan was having, he was having the lawsuit with Linda. And he said, brother, you're involved in the lawsuit too. This is what's going to happen. My attorneys are going to take care of the lawsuit. And I'm suing Linda. You're suing Linda. It's going down. So we were in contact with attorneys that were filing, you know, the lawsuit. Um, And then all of a sudden, Hogan settled his lawsuit with Linda. I don't know what the terms were. And Brutus was like, Hey, what about my lawsuit? And they were like, nah, we're not, we're not moving forward with that. We're just, we're all set. So my take is that they were like, listen, Linda, listen, Linda, settle the lawsuit. We'll drop the beefcake situation and it'll all be done. Which to me is what Hogan has always done with Brutus. People say, you know, Brutus rode Hogan's coattails, but my take is without Brutus Beefcake, there really wouldn't be any Hulk Hogan. That's the truth. And we'll get into that at some point. Oh, look at how cute I am. (laughs) So we all know the Hulkster got married for a third time. He had a yeah. fair close, rela- oh, seemed like a close relationship with his daughter, Brooke, but seemed like yes. Brooke wasn't too happy with that. Um, do you know anything about their relationship at all? That's the first thing I noticed that Brooke wasn't there, um, which I thought was weird. Um, Brutus went through and still is going through a situation with his daughter that is getting better. Um, Hulk um, had an affair with 
uh, one of Brooke's friends. Brooke was really upset about that. Um, and the house that they lived in in Miami, um, after the Hogan Knows Best stuff, they had a house in Miami. She wrote in lipstick on all of the windows, liar, 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 all over the windows. Because, you know, he basically, you know, whatever, cheated with her friend. Um, and they didn't speak for a while. And that was really, really hurtful for him. He had hoped um, and really, really worked on a relationship with Brooke. Um, and they it did end up getting back together and, and having a wonderful relationship. So I'm sure that this marriage came as like a shocker, you know, because Terry was under mind control. We'll talk about the secret. Like, and he said he had his GPS redone. So it played that book, The Secret, over and over and over. He was under some big mind control with um, his ex-wife, Jennifer. Um, she really, she came in, I don't know. You know, we talk about, like, the power of the puss. Mm. I don't know what kind of puss she had, but... God diddly dang. She like derailed the Hulkster. Yeah, she, took you know? the, she took the Hulkster down, man. She, fucking, she brought him down. Wow. Look at that. What do you th do you think at his age he should have got married for a third time? Or do you think it just doesn't matter? I think that, again, I think that mind control... Here's this woman, and she's beautiful, but she does have three kids. Um, so Grandpa Hogan, I don't know if who he thinks he's saving. I think it's more, yeah, there she is. Beautiful, beautiful, beautiful girl. But she's got three kids. She's a, a Scientologist. You don't, you don't, un, you don't outgrow the Scientology thing. Yeah. I'm sorry, I don't care. <laughs> Yeah, you, you Floridaites are into that Scientology stuff, huh? Not me. <laughs> uh, uh, like, my mother, my mother back in the 70s at Boston Common actually got into a um, debate with L. Ron Hubbard himself. Wow. And my mother was, I believe in Jesus Christ. Like it was a it was a big thing, you know, when when they came out. Same thing with the Moonies. The Moonies were all over Boston Common. Mm -hmm. um, but I don't know. It, it's just like swinging. Who was the first guy that said it's okay, honey, if we do it together? And like, ding, ding. Good idea. <laughs> same thing. No, same thing with with Scientology. Like, ding. And they call, the, the they, they call that, that Montheology. That swinging the is like thing, No, the thing that gets me is the rich get richer and the poor get poorer. The mm. rich get richer and the poor get poorer. The rich get richer and the poor get poorer. Like, I've heard that so many times from, like, Scientology kind of people. And and they are all about money mm. and and status, which is right up the Hulkster's alley. Sorry to say, 
you know, but to me, he's always that big footed kid that couldn't run the bases while he's playing baseball and had to hit home runs. He'll always be that kid. And I think in his mind, he'll always be that big, heavy footed kid. But why does it? Why does he have a hard on for you? What did you do? You you just told the story. You you were very polite. Uh, what what's the issue there? I rejected him. Ah. I rejected him, and I'm not going to get into to the story of what happened in his house in the kitchen. Um, oh, so but... Jennifer did smell something cooking then. Well. I don't know if she smelled something cooking, but she smelled something good looking. Um, but he, he, there was a conversation in the in the kitchen. There was something going on that he and I and Jennifer and Brutus all know about um, that I don't want to get into. I've never talked about it, um, but there was a situation and there was a proposal. Understood. That's all I'm saying. You know what? Good enough. While you were in Florida, did you ever run across Randy Savage before his demise? No, I wish I did. I wish I did. I a big Macho Man um, fan. Um, uh, not after hearing, you know, that he was an abusive husband, but like back in the day, like loved the Macho Man. Okay. All right, Missy, I'm going to play you a little group of videos. Uh-oh. We'll watch it, and then um, I'm going to ask you to comment on this entire situation. Love to light in with. Beefcake. <laughs> what, was he signing your signatures? Uh, yeah. <laughs> and for, for marrying that fucking <laughs> that he married. <laughs> Missy Beefcake. Now, you don't have to cut that out either. She's a fucking <laughs> question. Greg, I just have one question. Am, am I a cunt? Well, you know what? Am she's, I a... giving me, she's giving me fucking hell, and she's telling me if I don't straighten this out, I can't come back home. Am I a cunt? And I, I ain't trying to do anything. Greg, I don't like to call anybody a cunt. Am, am, am I a cunt, Greg? Um, What's your definition of a cunt? Do you? I do, don't like using that fucking word. Uh, right? You've you've called me a cunt before, but do you think I'm a cunt, really? Well, I just want this. No, I don't. But I just want Thank this straightened out. I don't want to have to go. You're the reason, Missy. You fucking bitch, cunt. You're the reason that Deepak has no more friends. He has nobody. Because you ran them all out. Because you ran them all out because you're a fucking bitch, cunt, motherfucking low-class fucking bitch from Boston. You can release anything you want about me. Yeah, I think Vince is an asshole, and I think Shawn Michaels an asshole, and I think you're the worst. Go fuck yourself. Okay, what the f <laughs> What? <laughs> Missy, it's all yours. I love it. I love it. I love it. I love it. So the real situation is that Greg's wife, Julie, um, she thinks it's the 80s. 
and she thinks there are women running up and down the hallways looking to get laid um, like they used to do back in the olden days. Um, she thinks Greg is a hot commodity. And um, she thinks that the women want to get hammered by the hammer. That, well, is it really a hammer? I've heard different. Um, <laughs> I've heard different. I'm not saying anything. I'm not saying anybody has a little dick, but Julie told me that Greg's dick is in the garage. So if his dick is in the garage, who's going to want it? She's never got over the fact that he threw her out for Medusa. Um, that's been a horrible, horrible sticking point. And she verbally abuses Greg um, constantly. Constantly. Um and who wants Greg with the crumbs on the shirt and the... I mean, he's disgusting at this point. He's no... He's no honey. He's no catch. He's, he's definitely not a catch. I mean... Getting his... Pay, his uh, What do you call those? Loans. The pandemic loans for not working. Whatever with the fake business craig massey whatever but okay wow the hammer take it from the government <laughs> take it from the government of Oof. course what again though you, you're such a nice lady like what what's the Thank problem you. here what is the what is what is the hammer all bent out of shape about well okay so Julie's dad, daddy, the nicest guy, um, Dickie Moran, he took care of a lot of the guys. He was a bookie. Um, he always had limos. He always had cocaine. And he would pick the guys up, party with the guys. Like, it was like this whole thing. He was the most fabulous person on the planet. Julie's dad. Um, so fast forward, Julie's mom dies. Julie's dad moves um, to Florida. Um, Julie's dad had given Julie and Greg like thousands of dollars um, to pay for their mortgage, to kind of support them during, you know, the skinny years. But they didn't pay their mortgage. They didn't pay their property tax. They didn't do any of that shit. Um, the house was finally, after years of like the, what is that thing called? What do you call that? What do you call that thing, daddy? Foreclosure. Oh. No, no, no. When you like homestead, homestead. Mm. So they had homestead for years and years and years and years. Finally, they decided, fuck it. We're giving it up. Um, and they had to move out of their house. So daddy moves to Florida. Greg and Julie move out of their house. They're living in this cute little place on the beach. Daddy moves to Florida. Um, Daddy has a, a social security check. Um, he's in an apartment. Um, Daddy's at my house with Julie. Greg was off doing something and Daddy says, you know, Greg is really, really mean to me. 
um, I've given them thousands of dollars. I can't get any money out of them. They they have my social security check, and Greg won't give me any money. He's mean. So, I never say anything. I'm like, because mm, I know that would kill Julie. Greg, all of a sudden, pulls this c-word stuff, and. I, that's when I let out. I told Julie, we, we were in Vegas. We did the whole married thing. We, we, you know, did the, whatever the hell it was, the lost footage, whatever. Right. And, um, Julie started acting like crazy after, right after all of that. Um, she said to me, uh, that Brooke had texted her. She was with Terry and Brutus's ex-wife and wanted to FaceTime and Julie sent a picture of Greg making like some weird face and says, this is the only FaceTime you're getting me. She doesn't even have a phone that can FaceTime. She has an Android, first of all. Um, so I told you I'll, Look, fucking you know, Julie, man. Holy shit. Right, right. But I told her, Metro PCS, whatever. So I told her after she went crazy, she said, you took you texted Brooke from my phone. Some some crazy shit, right? You texted Brooke from my phone. You told her that Brutus had cancer, which I would never mm. in a million years say that my husband had cancer because I'm not putting that out into the universe. That's disgusting. And the the time I met Brooke... She knew I had a bad reputation. She met me and my little chihuahua, sugar pie, and she said to me, with a dog so sweet, how bad can you be? She was the first person that ever met me that didn't judge me because of what she had previously heard. Mm. I'm not going to fuck that up by texting somebody, like, from Julie's phone, like, stupid shit. So I told Julie what daddy said and she went nuts on greg and that's when greg started calling me the c word ah uh, i gotcha but if I, he had called me a bitch i would have been fine with it right. i'm like all right whatever right. but you know first of all i think valentine wishes he never did that interview because <laughs> I don't know. You're shedding some light on a lot of things, but but he says don't delete that because I'll get extra points from my wife. Right. He says that, and really, what woman in her right mind would be excited that her husband called another woman mm. the c word? Right. And someone Not as me. revered as he is for what he's done in the industry, right? Right. Yes. Hmm. Does that does that hurt you though on a personal level when you see that on social media? It hurts me because I know when Greg is saying stuff and going ah 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 ah, he knows that it's crazy and stupid, and he doesn't mean it, and he's just saying it, just like him yelling out i hate ends right when we were at the 
Flamengo Hotel and he had his mask on. And we're walking through the hallway during the pandemic and he's yelling, I hate ends and laughing hysterically. And there were people who turned around and looked like, who is saying this? But of course, you don't don't know who's saying anything. He thought it was the greatest thing since sliced bread that he could like. And it, it was kayfabe. Do I think he meant it? No. Right. I know he was just being a douche. Now, in this last shoot interview, do you think he was trying to do that in tongue in cheek? Maybe had too much smoke or too much to drink, or do you think that was serious? Do I think he thinks I'm a, a cunt? Mm. Um. <laughs> yeah, mm. I I do think he thinks that because he's got more grief um, from the truth. And there's more truth. I told Julie that Greg was doing coke. Um, in we were in uh, where were we? Where were we with the coke and the bump shit? New Orleans. We were in New Orleans, right? Yeah. And see, here's the thing. The reason why a lot of people hate me is because I took Brutus away from a lot of drugs. I, I I took him away from a lot of drugs and a lot of partying. Not a lot of pussy. You know, I'm not saying that maybe. I don't know. But I took him away from a lot of drugs. And we were in New Orleans with uh, this guy, Craig Massey, who is a super fan. Stupid. And um, I walked in, we were at his house and he had like a trailer or whatever in the back, like not, not like a mobile home, but like a fifth wheel, you know what I mean? Like a thing you take out on the road. I walked in and Greg was doing the lines and I was like, cause Greg's old. I'm like, I don't, sure. I've never smoked a line. I've been around piles and piles and piles of Coke. I've cut lines for gangsters and shanksters, whatever, but I've never snorted a line. I wouldn't even know what it felt like because mm. I'm scared. But so I walked in, Greg's doing lines and he was like, oh, you know, Greg. <laughs> so later we were out, we were in on like Bourbon Street or whatever partying. And I noticed that Craig gave Brutus something. Now, this is when I was like normal and like not like, what the fuck are you doing? You know, laying down the law. But this is when I was like, all right, whatever. Reeling him in like, okay, let's get away from the drugs. Let's not, you know, and he'd be like, oh, it's prescription. And I'd say, but it's not your prescription. Like, duh. So I said to Brutus, I go, what did Craig just give you? And he was like, nothing. I'm like, no, I saw Craig give you something. What did he give you? And he goes, uh, Coke, it's for Greg. I said, well, why did he give it to you? And he said, oh, because I'm going to do a bump. Now, I don't know what the fuck a bump was. Bump a line? Is it the whatever? The, 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 right. And I was like, oh, hell, oh, no, you're not. Um, Greg ended up leaving us that night because Greg said that he had the heebie-jeebies. Like, from doing coke, his his heart was racing. So he actually left us. I didn't know he left us because he had the heebie-jeebies until the next day. If I had known Greg was having, like, some type of 
problem, I would have made sure that I, you know, I took care of him. But, um, you know, I, there's so many guys that are dead from, you know, doing drugs and, and, you know, prescription, not prescription from pain, whatever it is, um, depression. But when I met Brutus and realized that he had a problem, there's a video. Let's talk about this video that people like to talk about. Um, where he talks about Marty Jannetty and Shawn Michaels, Rufian girls, and, you know, having them drop their laundry, whatever it is. That video was made. It was like seven o'clock, six, seven o'clock in the morning. It was really, really early. And he was, I think it was in New York. And I remember calling him and he wasn't answering the phone, which is odd. I didn't know he was doing this video shoot that early. I knew he was going to do a video shoot. So he answers the phone and she's like, what? And I'm like, Ooh. I'm like, what are you doing? He's like, I'm making money. I'm doing like it. I'm doing fine. I said, I, it's seven o'clock in the morning. Are you fucking drunk? No, I'm not. But I'm making money. I said, you're fucking drunk. Are you on drugs? What are you doing? He was with this guy, Andrew Anderson, who is a tri-state legend. <coughs> Excuse well, a, me. That is, a, by the way, that's the first time I've ever heard of Anderson called as a tri-state legend. So, very good. What the fuck? What else is he? <laughs> like I'm. That's that's props. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Like, that's, that's you got him up there, tri-state legend. Tri-state's pretty big. Is it okay? Well. He's, he's a tri and you know, he's a tri-state legend. Like he's like, he says that he was like, he co-starred in the movie, The Wrestler. Okay. No, he didn't. But, but anyway, so Brutus was drunk and or on drugs when he made that shoot. Um, it was... Tell us the most ridiculous story that you ever heard. And it happened to be the Madi Gennetti Midnight Rockers story about, you know, girls and drugs and, and whatnot. But, you know, we have made it clear and it needs to be clear that <laughs> girls lined up to be with Marty Jannetty and Shawn Michaels. So there was, if there were drugs, there were drugs. Yes. Were they roofie? Were they passed out? Were they, hell to no. Pennies were dropped before they went in the hotel room door. Right. Period. The end. It was a fuck up on Brutus's part being drunk at six o'clock in the morning with Andrew Anderson, the fucking pharmacy. Um, and you know, it is Missy, what it Missy, is. Missy, by the way, our producer is so good. He's got a video. Come of, on. Check it out. Check this video out. Sexy. Why don't you Handsome. go out and jealousy in the oh. wrestling business? Yeah, I say, okay, unheard of, right? Oh, 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 Bruce, briefcake. Oh, boy, he's getting buried tonight. Oh, yeah, you know what? He's a, he's a crybaby. He's saying, uh, you know, I technically retired him. I hurt his back in Miccosukee, Florida. So he just didn't want to work because he's going to collect disability. So the yeah. hell with him. <laughs> what is that all about, Missy? What's funny is Greg Valentine was there. 
Greg was egging him on at one point. Um, the fact that Drew Anderson in his wildest dreams would ever think that Brutus was jealous of him. He must have been on drugs. Um, the truth of the story is that Andrew, when Brutus was going through his divorce, got together with Brutus's ex-wife, wasn't his ex-wife at the time, but his ex-wife, Barbie, they colluded, cahooted, or whatever the word is, because I don't know what the word is. I don't know what the word is. Forgive me. They got together. They devised a plan. Drew was supposed to cripple Brutus in Makasuki or whatever, the Indian reservation. Mm -hmm. So Brutus wrestled Andrew. Brutus had his back turned to him before anything started. Was like doing whatever he does, like to the audience. And Drew came at him with a shoulder and hit him in his lower back. The next day on, or a couple days later on Drew's Facebook, um, he posted a photo of him and Brutus and Brutus's ex-wife posted, well, it looks like he's not crippled. Um, Andrew who's always trying to invent himself, reinvent himself, whatever. Um, you know, for whatever reason, the thought that that was a good idea to get with Brutus's ex-wife, who at the time, or not even at that time, like fast forward and we'll talk about the Hall of Fame. I don't know how long we've been on or how much time we have, but we'll talk about the Hall of Fame and her trying to derail the Hall of Fame thing. But for whatever reason, he thought that he could side with her, get with her for whatever reason, Maybe because she was friends with Hogan and Brutus wasn't friends with him at the time. But would want to hurt. Would want to hurt, maim, or cripple someone that had done so much for him. It just doesn't. And he did hurt Brutus. I mean, he, he did. He he injured him for sure. Did he retire Brutus like he likes to say? Fuck no, Dick. You didn't. But are you, he did. Are hurt. you saying no? In a world where they're supposed to take care of each other, Anderson purposely hurt your husband. Yeah, he did. Yes, wow. he did. But he has the he has the scoop. The tri-state legend was never signed with the WWE, the WWF, AEW, or ABCD because he's a fucking loser. You know what? Your husband should be happy. He has you on his side. You go out of your, you know, you, the stories That's you're telling, you're protecting him. That's why everybody hates me. Because I'm the only person. My husband is a gentle giant 
who would not hurt a flea. Like he wouldn't, he would never do anything or say anything against anybody. He is a friend to the end. Mm. And I can't fucking handle it. I can't handle it. I can't take it. He's good. He's good. He's a good human. Well, good for you. Stand by Thank your you. man. Stand, you know what? Stand Blood. by your man. <laughs> well, like, tell me about this Hall of Fame story that you brought up. Let's break into that a little bit. The Hall of Fame. Okay. So, I mean, I have to go back to the Hulkster being under mind control from his ex-wife, Jennifer. Um, and you know what? And here's the thing. Like, <coughs> excuse me. And here's the thing. Again, I say, so I told the story about the lawsuit that Brutus was supposed to be involved in when um, what's her twat said, you know, they had sex or whatever. She said, blowjobs, whatever. Um, and then that was let go. So oh, there was disturbances with Brutus and, and Hogan. Um, and there was one time where Hogan tried to like, be friends again with Brutus. Now, all of this in the interim, Brutus's ex-wife comes in. I'm not your enemy. I'm, you know, la, 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 and my my daughter and whatever. So Terry, because his his wife now ex-wife had this problem with me, Terry for whatever reason, wanted to hurt the one and only person who has ever stood by him and protected his secrets. Um, and got together with Brutus's ex-wife. He posted a photo I could send you, whatever, um, with Brutus's ex-wife. It said, like, you mad, bro? You mad? What up? What up? You mad? Why you mad, bro? Whatever. And it was, like, directly to hurt Brutus. You know, because Terry never had time for Brutus's ex-wife or Brutus's daughter, for that matter. Mm, whatever. I got to not do that. But so Hall of Fame, before Hall of Fame, Terry reached out to Brutus and they started talking and working out. And we had had a conversation on the phone about things that had been said and that we were going to bury the hatchet, not think about things that were tweeted, that I said, that Terry said, um, the back and forth. We were going to sweep it under the rug. And I said, I will never say another thing about you. He said, I'll never say anything about you. Let's just move forward. And, and that's where we were. Um, and then there was the N-bomb, uh, that came out that Hogan had said about his daughter, Brooke, Dayton, the, like, 
the black guy and and how if she was going to date a black guy he'd rather it be like some millionaire basketball athlete or or whatever type of type of guy okay whatever we all want our kid to date a millionaire but why he went and had to say black guy white guy whatever this should be Whatever. I'd rather my daughter date a professional football player making a million dollars. I don't know why he had to go there with like a color thing. But anyway. So he had problems. He got thrown out of the Hall of Fame or whatever it was. So fast forward, there comes like Terry calls Brutus and he was like, hey, I'm trying to get you in the Hall of Fame. I'm talking to Vince, um, blah, 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 blah. Boom. Brutus was, he was so excited. He was so happy because he felt, and, and everybody who was there felt Brutus really, really deserved it. Brutus doesn't get the appreciation that he should because people think it's all because of Hogan. When really, there would be no Hulk Hogan if there was no Brutus Beefcake. But that's another conversation. Anywho, so, um, the Hulk's working on it. Brutus gets a call from Jimmy Hart. Jimmy Hart says, Brutus, I want to let you know you're on the short list for Hall of Fame, and I'm really, really rooting for you. So, that kind of made it seem like this is like a legit thing. It's not a Hulk Hogan thing. Brutus is like on the short list. Maybe he'll get in the Hall of Fame. Um... So we do get a call from Mark Carano and he's, you know, he says, I, I want to let you know, Brutus, like we're inducting you in the hall of fame. Like everything was so wonderful. We were so, hi daddy. We were so happy. We were so thrilled. Um, and then shit went sideways all of a sudden. Terry called and he said, uh, I saw some tweets uh, I saw some stuff Missy said about uh, me. She said about your daughter. A lot of the stuff was geared towards your daughter, which I've never tweeted or said anything bad about Brutus's daughter. I may have gone toe-to-toe with Brutus's ex-wife back and forth, but I believe kids are off limits. Um, now, meanwhile... I never saw any of these tweets or texts or whatever. Um, and um, we went, we were on our way to the Hall of Fame. And uh, I saw Terry at the airport. He was like walking, through, like pretending like he's on his cell phone. Um, and he was sitting with, um, oh, what the hell is her name? She's a tiny little thing, cute as a button. God help me. What is that tiny little cute as a button lady that had the dog that passed away? Do you remember her name? What? The tiny little cute little wrestler lady. She was married to like that flash guy. Whatever. Anyway, so she was there and I went over to Terry and I said, hello. And I said, you know, whatever's going on, I don't, don't believe 
the things that you've heard. Like, don't let this come between you and Brutus. And, um, not Tori Wilson. I forget what her name is. Anyway, so he was on a different flight than us. We went to, you know, blah, 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 blah. So we're in our room. Terry calls and he says to Brutus, I'm with Vince. I want you to come down and, and have a conversation. Well, Brutus goes down and he hears that I have been calling Macarano's phone off the hook at all hours of the night trying to get in touch with him. Now, I don't think Vince knew that Brutus was remarried because it was actually Brutus's ex-wife, Barbie, calling because she was trying to find out how much money Brutus made. She was sending subpoenas out. I was talking to Scott Altman, who worked for the WWE, about these subpoenas that Barbie was sending out to find out how much money Brutus made. Barbie, and in Andrew Anderson's video, says Brutus wanted to collect social security. So he was in on the Brutus wanted to collect social security mm. thing. It was Barbie calling Mark Carano, not me. And Terry thought it was me because Barbie was saying it was me and Vince was saying, so here I am, little Missy from Jamaica Plain. Right. And I thought Vince McMahon's got me in his mouth. <laughs> like, I made it to the big time, but in a bad way. <laughs> like, I am like, woohoo, Vince McMahon knows who I am. But for all the wrong reasons. Right. So, um, Terry inducted Brutus into the Hall of Fame. He made a complete debacle of his speech. He talked about Brutus being the booty man and the this and the that and the this and that, all the shit that he wasn't even in the WWE. Brutus gets up to accept the award. Terry leaves, motions to Jennifer, and leaves as Brutus is giving his acceptance speech. And Brutus says, thank you, Terry. I am your friend to the end. And he looks out. No Hogan. Wow. Terry used Brutus to get back into the WWE to get his floppy, big, flat fucking feet back into the graces and fucked Brutus over again. Well, Missy, incredible stories and thank you for being so truthful on everything that's been going on. Um, You're welcome. What a pleasure it is to meet you, and uh, hopefully, maybe we'll talk about doing the Missy Amante show in the future. I'm going to have to sit back and discuss that. Yeah, that's what I'm talking about. I would love that. All right, perfect. I, uh, I really, I, I feel like I've, I have a friend now. I met a new friend, an incredible human being, and thank you again for this candid interview. That's so sweet of you, and 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 thank you very much. I nobody's ever given me the opportunity to to talk and and 
talk about the things that bother me, the things that happened, and the truth about what's gone on. So this is this is a first, and there's and there's more. There's more. Well, I want you to enjoy the rest of your weekend. Again, thank you. What an honor it is that you uh, graced graced us with your presence. Uh, so I'll talk sweet. to you shortly. Thank you yes. again. The thank great you, Missy Beefcake. All right, guys, we'll see you at 9 o'clock where we got the fabulous one. I want to thank Missy Beefcake for being so honest and candid. Abe, what did you think? I thought it was great. I love uh, I love the people that got, like, those big, long stories you can just kind of sit back and listen to. You know what I mean? It's it's definitely, you know. She the has one a lot thing to I'm say, most impressed impress about is she defends her husband to the end regardless yeah. it's amazing it's it's really sweet and i you know i'm looking at all these pictures of them and it's it's just so sweet that she has such nice things to say you know all right well what an honor all right guys we'll see you at nine